it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and uh, this is news that you can use from Car Edge with your host, Ray and Zach, for, well, Monday, June 12th, and uh, sitting next to me is uh, a survivor of the 7.3 nope. Iron Man. What do you mean? Nope. 7.3? Oh, 70.3. 70.3 miles. Uh, 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike ride, and then a 13.1 mile walk. I mean, run. <laughs> How's it going, Dad? All right, here's the deal, gang. I am recovering. That being said, we're going to kick things off with Ford, Toyota, and Mercedes Benz. We have a new data from Kelly Blue Book. Yes. Look at what we're about to run through, Dad. Well, look at what we are going to run through, I guess is what I mean to say. Yes. And and the, the funny thing is, is that I'm seeing it for the this first, is the first time. time. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time you've seen this. Yeah. Everyone look above our, our heads, right? Over on the left. Yeah, you're doing a good job. You're like the weatherman. You see that? On the left are going to be manufacturers. That stopped. <laughs> on the left are going to be manufacturers. Yes. We're going to look at their May 2023 average transaction price, April 2023 average transaction price, and year over year compared to May 2022 average transaction price. The column right above our heads. Yes. I'm pointing right there, right? It's yes. 8.7. Yes. That is Ford Motor Company's year over year increase in average transaction price. The one above them, the 22.8% increase at Daimler and the third company that I called out that if I scroll down just a little bit, no, it's not Tata Motors at 18.8% year over year increase. It is Toyota, their average transaction price dad of 10.9 called 11%. Wow. You and I have been talking about, we've been talking about it for months, if probably years at this point, the chasm, those who can afford to buy vehicles and those who cannot, and the strategic business decisions these yes. OEMs are making to decide, oh, we're going to go up market or oh, we're going to go down market. Proof right there. Ford, Toyota, and Mercedes-Benz standing out amongst their peers. They are determined to make their vehicles unaffordable. Toyota being up 11% is bonkers, Dad. Um, just crazy. Uh, you know, it, it's... Certain manufacturers are seeding, and that's with not S-E-E-D, but C-E-D-I-N-G, seeding um, portions of the market that they are no longer interested in serving. Yep. Okay. And that would be the lower price point market of, of uh, that they're no longer interested in serving because they need to make as much as they possibly can off of their internal combustion engines to underwrite their foray into EVs, since EVs don't seem to be profitable for any company other than one Tesla. Which is interesting, because we're going to look at more data from Kelly Blue Book, and it shows how one of the few segments of vehicles that are decreasing in price year over year are and, EVs. So and, not, like, and not by a little, but by, by a lot, lot. By a lot. Okay, but, but the point is uh, that there ain't no money in selling inexpensive vehicles to the mass market anymore for these manufacturers to underwrite um, their, their growing EV business. Because they all admit that they don't make any real margin on their EVs. Ford has come out and said that they lose, what is it, like $4,500 per EV sold? Like 4000 like something yeah. like that, yeah. Um, and, and so it, it's just, it's happening. And 
you know, they're only going to sell X number of cars. Well, for them to be able to underwrite EVs, that X number has to be their most expensive, highest profit margin vehicles, as opposed to their lowest profit margin vehicles. And so that's why you see them giving up in that that sphere. I agree with Aaron here. CEOs need to tell their shareholders to STFU and let them handle business. There's a balancing act here because what happens is that consumers continue to buy these vehicles at these crazy prices. I mean, so like if you are the CEO, if you're leading one of these companies, your shareholders are telling you, yeah, go make us as much profit as possible. Screw the long term. What's what are we winning today? And then you keep raising the prices. And what do the consumers do? They keep buying them. So there is there is an onus here on the consumer, but some of the OEMs are really taking taking this strategy to further extremes than others. For example, here I'll I'll scroll back up on the page. Let's look at everyone. Let's break everyone down. Really okay. Here. BMW. Yes. Only up seven point three percent year over year. Yes. We said Daimler, which is Mercedes Benz, up twenty two point. Let like let that sink in. The average Mercedes Benz or Daimler product, excuse me, cost sixty seven thousand two hundred seventy three dollars in May of last year. And now eighty two thousand five hundred and eighty five. Yeah, yeah, they're you know that's a different strategy. That's a different strategy, man. That's wild. Yes, yes, absolutely, it is. Your average Ford is up forty five hundred dollars year over year. Your GM products are only only up fourteen hundred dollars, so you can't really blame them as much as you do Ford here. Mm -hmm. Honda is only up one point five percent, about six hundred bucks. Yes. Hyundai's up 1.6%. Nothing too material there. 500 bucks. Mazda's up half of a percent. Mm-hmm. Nissan, Mitsubishi, 1.9%. Stellantis up 3.6%. Subaru down 1.5%. Let's have that be the good news of today's show. Or, or the other one. Tesla, Tesla down 13.6%. Yes, which is why the average transaction price for EVs has gone down $9,000 from a year ago. $9,000. Um, so they they will rapidly become, on an average, less expensive to buy than a comparable ICE vehicle. <clears throat> And when that happens, <clears throat> excuse me, that's when the, the great migration uh, really picks up speed because people are going to look at it and go, well, for the same price, I can get an electric vehicle. Um, I can cut my maintenance uh, by what, 60, 70, 80%. Yeah. Um, I can cut my fuel costs by uh, 60, 70, 80%. Um, why Why would I buy the ice vehicle? I mean, that's certainly what appears to be happening. Let's keep breaking down some of the additional make stats and not just the manufacturers, but now the makes. Yes. Acura down 5.6% year over year. Alfa Romeo up 2.1%. That one's kind of a head scratcher as far as I'm concerned. Audi up 1.6%. We talked about BMW 8.7%. Buick mm -hmm. average transaction prices year over year down 2.5%. Cadillac up one2 Chevrolet up 2.1, Chrysler down 1.2, makes sense. Dodge yeah. being up 4% and Fiat being up 7.3% make absolutely no sense. Who, who's buying a Fiat? Who, better, who's even selling a Fiat? <laughs> Surely. Yeah. Genesis price is up 8.2%. That's uh, not immaterial. Yeah. GMC up 7.4%. 
Wow. Yeah. There we go. We said Honda before Hyundai Infinity up 2.2. Look at Jaguar down. Yeah. Down 10.3%. And still nobody buys them. Jeep up 2.6. Kia up 2.7. Look at Land Rover prices, folks. Does this not continue to uh, uh, put, point the flashlight? Put all of the light onto the haves and have-nots within the auto industry. The average Land Rover price in May of last year, $88,674, has skyrocketed to 107 round up $108,000 up 21.5% meant for the rich that's all it is it's 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 the SUV for the rich and we're here in uh, uh, Ventnor City New Jersey yeah. you go a little bit further up to Margate you go a little bit further up to Longport and that's what do you, all you see? see what do you see well, defenders yeah. everywhere yeah land rovers of all types uh, not Bentley's, here in, not here in Ventnor not in Ventnor <laughs> you, you see you see Rolls-Royce, Bentley. So those and those yeah. prices are going up. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Cause then you also I scroll down just a little bit more and you see the Mercedes Benz also up 22.8%. Yeah. Those brands are being supported by those who have, while at the same time, some of the brands that we would like to rely on. Scroll back at, up for one second. Toyota. Yeah, scroll back. I, look at look at Lexus. An average transaction price of fifty-seven thousand dollars. Is that even a luxury brand anymore? It is on price point, on price point. <clears throat> And then look one spot below it. Lincoln. At, at $10,000 more average. Why would you ever buy the Lincoln over the over the Lexus? I mean, why would you? I, I just don't get it. Mitsubishi price is up 11.2%. Yes, yes. Well, they're determined to go a tad bit more upscale. Yeah. yeah and they're doing it. I really am blown away that Subaru is down 1.5%. I should not gloss over the fact that ram is up 7.5 percent porsche dad is actually down three and a half percent and nissan is the same yeah year over year so what do you read oh volvo is also down 6.7 percent yes and volkswagen's up 2.1 so what do you read into out of this are there is this showing you that divergence of strategy do you think that some of those brands and 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 uh, names that we're familiar with are going to end up capturing more market share like nissan for example they haven't increased their prices year over year but toyota's up 10 percent subaru down one and a half percent toyota's up 10 percent we've done videos talking about how there is an opportunity here for some of those brands to steal market share do you think that's what's happening well i i think some of the brands are i mean you, you look at the mazda for sure has stolen some market share um nissan's market share is probably up slightly because their sales are up slightly yep um, so whatever decline in sales that, that Toyota has had, and they have, um, you know, it gives the other Asian brands, Mitsubishi, uh, Nissan, Honda, Subaru, the opportunity to make inroads and gain um, a little bit of market share of their own. It's... It's still, when you look at the numbers, the numbers are staggeringly in favor of average transaction prices continuing to stay sky high for the foreseeable future. And, Forever. Well, and the foreseeable future is until EVs, which are the only group that has seen a significant decline in average transaction prices until EVs become more mainstream. And, you know, when you look at those numbers, that day shouldn't be all that far off. Once people can go, 
okay, um, fifty thousand dollars, I can get the electric vehicle. Fifty-five thousand, I can get a comparable gas vehicle. I'll take the electric. I don't know how much of it is power generated related that as much as it is just the pricing. It's price, yeah, the pricing pushing people. It's price. That's yeah. that's what's going to drive it. But when when the EVs, when certain EVs, and when I say certain EVs, you're starting I, to act like this is the EV show that you do. Perhaps I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll migrate over here. Uh, but but the EVs that I'm talking about are Tesla because nobody else seems to know how to make them and still make money. Ford can't, GM can't. We know Lucid can't. We know Toyota can't. We know so so really. So do you think that those manufacturers are making a mistake? Because that's what I went with for the title of today's show. I said Ford, Toyota, Mercedes-Benz are making a huge mistake. I could have put Land Rover in there, but they're so niche. So niche. I mean, they're everywhere, yeah. but still. I mean, those three brands in particular that are obviously investing in upmarket, more expensive vehicles. You can toss GM in there a little bit as well because they've come out this year and stopped production of some of their plants because they yes. want to restrict inventory. Do you think that they are ultimately, at the end of the day, going to 10, 20, 30 years from now lose market share because they've priced so many people out of the market and that these other competitors, whether it be ICE or EV, mm -hmm. because the other competitors are Nissan or Kia or Mitsubishi even. And there's, we're not talking about their EVs all the time either. Are they going to come in and swoop in and, and save the day, which was the strategy Toyota used in the 1950s? Well, you see 60s. some manufacturers trading, trying to um, still uh, produce vehicles for the rest of us. But every one of them has also said, you know, we're trying to go a tad bit more upscale. Mazda CEO recently yes. came out and said that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what, what's average going to be? Average is in the future. Average will not be for average people. Average vehicles will be for the above average people. Uh, money-wise ford recently came out with we're not we don't have it queued up for today's show but a new leasing program for for gig economy workers it's like one to four month ev leases and like it, the more i look at average transaction prices which we have one more piece of data we're gonna look at here in a second paired with some of the initiatives around leasing which are not leases they're just rentals yes the idea of vehicle ownership is just evaporating i i i really think it is like a whole subset of of Humanity is not going to own. They're just going to rent cars. There will be the the well-heeled who will own cars. And then there will be the rest of us. That have an app on our phone. That, that will, you know, use Lyft or Uber or some other mode of transportation to get us from point A to point B. But it won't be our vehicle that we're using. Yeah. It'll be somebody else's vehicle. <sighs> Strange that's, world. That's the future. All right. So all the while, we're talking yes. about average transaction prices broken down by manufacturer. That data from Kelly Blue Book shows yes. that the average transaction price for a new car actually went up in, in May, May yes. by half a percent. Yes. So obviously some of those like Ford being up 8.9% year over year or 3% month over month are standouts. You can see that the average transaction price for a new car, 48528 Now the thing is... yes. Come down here just a little bit. Average prices for non-luxury vehicles rise slightly in May. Average prices for luxury vehicles rise in May, but remain below sixty-five thousand. Yeah. Read this line right here. All right. Here because we go. this there there are a couple brands in here, at least one brand in here, that I was surprised to see grouped as 
several non-luxury brands, including Mazda, Alfa Romeo, Acura, which I know they, they think of themselves as near luxury, Infinity, and they're thinking of themselves as near luxury this day, these days, and Cadillac. Aren't three of those luxury? Four of those. Isn't Alfa also considered a luxury brand? But Cadillac has always positioned itself as a luxury brand. I'm not sure when it became a non-luxury brand. Yeah. I was I was kind of shocked to see Cadillac listed in that group. It just the average price paid for a non-luxury vehicle, which now potentially includes Alfa Romeo's Acura's Infinities <laughs> and Cadillac. Yes. Makes no sense. Was nearly forty-five thousand dollars stuff. However, yeah. the average transaction price was actually four hundred and two dollars below MSRP. So we are seeing deals below MSRP. Yes. But we did see a small uptake, uh, up increase, excuse me, in average transaction prices for for new non-luxury vehicles. And we had, Dad, on the luxury side, a $239 increase. So pretty much uh, luxury vehicles stayed yeah, flat. The, yeah, the big headline is, well, it remains below $65,000 as an average transaction price. I do want to scroll, scroll back up for just a second. Ford and Kia showed the most price strength in the non-luxury market, transacting at more than 3% over sticker price in May. I don't understand. I don't understand. We're going to go out this weekend. We'll go to some Ford and Kia dealerships. I don't understand because they've got inventory starting to build back up, especially on Ford. Lots. Yes. Why are people transacting above MSRP still? Um, because the dealers are asking for it and the customers are foolish enough to agree to it. It's it's just that. So, I mean, there's 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 no other way to explain it, you know, and and we could do a video every day saying um, um, Additional dealer markups and paying over MSRP is an ask from the from the dealer. It's not mandated. It's yeah. not mandatory. You you can negotiate that. You don't have to pay it. <clears throat> you should walk out rather than pay it. We could do that video every day, but we it won't be seen by enough people to matter. Um, there are people out there that they just figure, well, they're asking for it. I got to pay it. No, you don't, but they figure they do and they do. And you know, there's there's not there's not a Ford out there at the moment that I can think of that should be transaction transacting at over MSRP. Just you know, shouldn't be. We're gonna go to an early but relevant. Yeah. Really? You gotta be kidding me. All right. So I put this up on Twitter the other day because yeah. it was a comment that came through on our video. Yes. We did a video on uh, the out-the-door price and how you need to negotiate the out-the-door price. I put this on Twitter just the other day, two days ago. Does Legacy Auto realize that their bad dealers are costing them market share? So we're talking about vehicles transacting above MSRP because yes. dealers are asking for and consumers don't know any better. This is from Corey. This comment was left on our yeah. video. After watching these videos for months to be ready to buy a car, I gave up and just bought a Tesla. The Tesla process is superior in every way. It was worth the extra money just to not have to deal with the dealer. And then I put another example below yeah. that $7,000 discount and then $5,000 in accessories. This was Instagram DM to me, dad, yes. from someone saying, can I negotiate the accessories? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. And look at this, folks. Retail price, 56170 Who knows what that actually yes. is? Sales price, 49172 Okay, so there's a $7,000 discount from what to what we don't know. Yes. And then there's $5,000, $4,896 in accessories fees 
somehow my price gets back up to $60,000 and then this stuff. And I'm like, dad, you look at this paired with what you were just saying. Consumers go into a Ford dealership and they just don't know mm -hmm. what they don't know. Yes. They're losing, they're losing market share, not only because they're going up market, but because they're incumbent and beholden to their dealers. Well, and the dealers are free to sell at whatever the market will bear. And the manufacturers can't do anything about that. So having said that, that means it falls on us folks to say, no, no, I just won't pay for that. No, I didn't ask for $4,900 worth of accessories. So no. And if enough people say no and walk the hell out, then the dealers will have to do something about it. Like stop asking. Stop, re stop trying to require it. Did you see the thing that I posted on the community forum, Pops? Um, which thing? All right, I'll pull it up on the screen because this is something that I think we could do to potentially fight back against this. I posted this over on oh, the community. Oh, that thing? Yeah, I posted this over on the community yeah. forum. Do you yes. think this is a good idea? Fight back against bait and switch advertising from car dealers. We had someone in our community, Ron, who had yeah. a very recent similar experience where it's like he voted with his wallet. He yeah. left the dealership. So we recently launched this thing on our car search where you can tell us if data is incorrect. Yes. And hundreds of people, thank you, have submitted you know, things. And we're updating the database. What if we did the same thing and you could flag a dealer mm -hmm. for hidden fees or pricing above MSRP? And so crowdsourcing this information, kind of like what we've done in the past, but doing it again here. And then on the car search. Yes. It shows up. It shows up. That would be great. I think it's a bit of a no-brainer because... We need to police these things. We need to be able to identify those who we shouldn't be doing business with and exactly. those who should be. Yeah. Because there's so many that are doing doing terrible stuff out there. Well, yeah. And and you know, this this information could come to us from from the community. From the community, the people we'd that add are a out little there. button on every listing yes. that says, Tell us about this dealer. And you can tell us that they're trusted. Like, hey, they're really good, like Earl Stewart Toyota. Mm -hmm. Or they charged me fees that I wasn't expecting or add-ons or their price is MSRP on their website, but they charged me $3,000 over MSRP. Like, and then it just shows up. Yes. I mean, obviously we would vet everything, but still. Well, you'd have to. Yeah. Cause yes. you know, there'd be, we had so much, we had dealers posting junk on the community forum over the weekend. Like we are Lexus of blah, blah, blah. Come to Lexus of blah, blah, blah. And get great. So it's like, guys, that's not going to fly here. Like, you yeah. just self-promote yourself. <laughs> So yeah, obviously, well, we'd that's have to why it's it. called self-promotion. Yes. Yeah, we'd obviously yes. vet it. Yeah, well, I would hope so. Um, yeah, I no, I think it would be a great idea, and I think it would be a way to hold hold dealerships accountable in real time, okay, and that the information would be coming from our community, and the, and and our community members could upload um, screenshots yeah. or whatever it is, so that we can help to verify the information. So that we can do what the FTC, FTC says to do, but yeah, can't. Yeah, and, and, and uh, we could do something different on our listings than any other listing source. Yeah. Uh, you know, where we could give you, share some insights as to how that dealer actually conducts themselves. So I, th I think it would be invaluable information. Um, and and yeah. yeah, we need to make it happen. Yeah. I like you know, I, I, could you go back to your Twitter account? Okay. I saw something there.
Uh, give me a second. Yeah, sure. I give you all the time you need. You know, our, our our folks here, they're patient with you. What do you want on my Twitter account? And we'll go back to it. All right, I'm uh, here. Scroll up. Yeah, this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Andrew and Vince. Andrew and I finished the race together, and even with all my gear on, when we got to talking, he he's he watches the Car Edge channel. And Vince recently, and Andrew actually recently leased yes. a Jeep 4XE or 4xE, got a yeah. great deal on it. And Vince came over afterwards while I was laying in that position yes. after the Iron Man. Yes. And said, "Hey, we recently got a car. We recently bought a. I think he bought a Honda." And uh, yeah, said that he yeah. watched our video. So he, shout out to them. So that that that's what you looked like afterwards. You yes. got your medal, and then you just like collapsed. Correct. Is that, what, is that what it was? Yeah, Laura had to help me down to the ground because I didn't want to. I didn't want to cramp my abs. Oh, I, 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 I thought she had to hold the medal up so that that too. It, I was that, not. I was not holding the. Yeah, yeah. That, so that it wouldn't hit you anywhere and hurt you. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. in a lot of pain yesterday. So what was? Well, not not that anybody cares, but what what exactly was it like? Um. It was beautiful in the morning. Yeah. Okay. So there's normal shows over. We'll do a couple minutes of personal time and then and then we'll call it a day. It was it was really beautiful in the morning. Yeah. So for those of you who've never done triathlon, you have to like set your. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Here, let me help you with that. For those of you who haven't done, that would be probably ninety nine point five percent of the population. Yes. <laughs> so you like set up your. There's a transition area where you change out of all your clothes during the different parts of the race. Yes. Because you swim in one thing and then bike in another thing and. Anyway, so you start in the transition area, yes. woke up a little bit before 4 a.m., got to the site at 5.30, got the bike all prepped. So that was like a little anxious. I was very, I was really nervous. Yeah. And then you wait to go for the swim. Yeah. We got lined up at 6.30. I didn't get into the water until 7.20. Wow. So a lot of time just like holding a swim cap over my head. Sounds like great fun. And that was not that fun because yeah. you're also nervous and anxious and... And then, yeah, the swim was beautiful, Dad. You watched, yeah. I watched the sunrise. Well, when I was breathing, I watched the sunrise. Okay, my head good. was in the water. My head was in the water. Yeah. And then um, the bike ride was beautiful. It was through a nature preserve on yeah. the eastern shore of Maryland. It was awesome. Yeah. And then the run was really, really, really terrible. Yeah. It was 92 degrees, maybe. 91, 92. My bike computer said 91 degrees. So it yeah. was like hot and sunny. Yeah. And really not fun. Yeah. And then it was great. Yeah, and how? And then I ate a bunch of food last night. And 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 so it was seventy point three miles total. Yep. And people do double that. That's a full Ironman. A full Ironman is double that. People swim two point four miles, bike one hundred and twelve, and run a marathon. That would take me sixteen hours, I think. Uh, and probably I probably more. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And and so you accomplished all this yesterday yep. in. In in a time of I think it was seven hours and four minutes and some seconds. Yeah, my goal was under six hours. Yeah, and I ended up doing it in seven <laughs> hours and four minutes. So I was on pace until the run. Yeah, the run was a walk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard to do. It was really hard to do. When when you got off the bike after a fifty six mile yeah. run, do your legs even work? Right. Yeah, no, legs are fine. Yeah, I have an ankle injury. Um. And so that's what kind of held me back. That and the cramping in my calves. Yeah. Also held me back. Any, anything else? Well, also the pain in my right knee. Anything else? Those were the four things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And 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 would you do it again? 
Yesterday I said absolutely no. Today I think I would. No, yesterday you you phrased it to me like this. He says it's kind of like skydiving. I yeah. did. You do it once, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. But today, no, today I'm like, you know what? I I, I could do it again. I could do it today if you put if like you if you're like, hey, you have to go do this today, like or you know, I'm gonna take your dad and make him buy a F one hundred and fifty. I would go do it. I, I prefer you let me buy the F-150, honestly. <laughs> it won't it won't hurt your knee or your ankle nearly as much. Oh, you want to get a kick out of something here? I'll show yes, you something. yes. And then uh and then we'll 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 call it a show. Oh, I got locked in really quick. Well, you can do that. You have you have the skills. I have the skills. Give me a second. What'd you do yesterday while I was working out? Uh, well, uh, I did three loads of laundry. Three loads of laundry. I changed the sheets on my bed. There we go. I cleaned my bathroom. Pretty good. Um, um, yeah. So here you go, Dad. This was yeah. what I did yesterday. So this is on Strava. For any of you that are on Strava, I'm I'm there. Would be thrilled to to connect with you. Um, so where was it? Yeah, this was the swim. Yeah. Wow. 43 minutes in the in the water. Sounds like great fun. Generally straight lines. Look at that. Generally yeah, straight lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transition. Yeah. And then the 55 miles on the bike. 56 miles on the bike. Yeah. That was that was really, really quite fun. Yeah. Transition. And yeah. then a walk. <laughs> <laughs> the bike, though, I was super proud of this. I, I'm not a great cyclist. I'm getting better. And um, for those of you who are into this stuff, um yeah like i for me what it, does it say it on here it should say it somewhere 155 watts is what i maintained for three hours wow that's a lot for me for me that's a lot wow your average speed was 18.5 miles per hour yeah wow for three hours yeah and your your <laughs> max was 24.4 yeah wow yeah it was pretty cool man well, I wish you had been there, but next time. Well, why? What the hell am out. I going to do for seven hours? Look I where mean, we look where we. I were. mean, you know, I get to go. Yeah, cheer you on. Go, go swim, go swim, honey. And then what? I, we got to wait around for seven hours. Yeah, that's what Lloyd did. Yeah, so yeah. like this is where we were. So you're like riding through this huge nature preserve. Yeah, it's beautiful, Dad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was. Yeah, some... So what? 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 What did Laura do for seven hours? You'd have to ask her. Okay. Well, when I see her, I will. Yeah, this section when you're on the river. Anyway, all right. Yeah. We're we're totally we've we've totally devolved today's show. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you for the kind words. Really, really, really appreciate it. Okay, we'll be back. I believe tomorrow. We should have a used car market update tomorrow. We should. Yeah. So stay tuned for was, that. I, I don't. I don't think there was a holiday involved in this week merely because. You were in the Iron Man. No, I don't think so. So we should have we should have a, a black book data tomorrow, and we will be back here at midnight in Manila time. Uh, it would be uh, six a.m. in Honolulu, eight a.m. in Anchorage, nine a.m. for all our friends in California. You could have gotten quite the tan yesterday. Actually, now that I'm thinking about, it, that's probably what you would have done. You would have gotten good color. I would have gotten burnt. Um, <laughs> and, and... Aren't you proud? I didn't get burnt. No, your your face is right. Oh, no, my face is right. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, and uh, and and that would be a noon Eastern tomorrow, and then after tomorrow's show, I'll be on uh, our electric unplugged show with the justice. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody back here twice tomorrow. And in the meantime, I'm I'm going to the Acme to pick up some uh, some. 
goods. Have a great Monday, everyone. See you guys. Thank soon. you, everybody. Thanks for being here.